0: You may be seated. And good morning. Go ahead and make your way to Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44 this morning as we continue to walk through the Gospel of Mark together. The message today is entitled Satisfaction in Christ satisfaction in Christ alone so what's the only miracle that is included in all four of the Gospels You may or may not know but it is when Jesus fed uh, the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish and we're gonna talk about that this morning the context we're in the second year of of the public ministry of christ pretty much finishing up the second year we have learned already jesus has shown his power his authority over disease uh, over demons over the devil over death and today we will see that jesus has power and authority over all of his creation it's around the jewish feast of the passover So there would have been thousands of Jews that would have come to Jerusalem to remember, uh, to celebrate God delivering them from the Egyptians, setting them free from over 400 years of bondage, of slavery. We find that in the book of Exodus. In John chapter 6, we don't have time to turn there, but that gives us some of these details of the Passover that was happening. And really, guys, this morning, we are at the height, the climax of the public ministry of Christ. And what I mean by that, this is kind of the height of his popularity. There's much religious fervor. They have seen Christ of his healings, his miracles, his power to preach and teach. And there's kind of this excitement in the air. But it's not really all good and we'll see that as we walk through the passage so let's go ahead and read mark chapter 6 30 through 44 and then we'll pray together the apostles returned to jesus and told him all that they had done and taught and he said to them come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while And he said to them, Well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he divided the two fish among them all and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were five thousand men let's pray together father even though this is a familiar story to many of us Father, we pray that we wouldn't just read over it or gloss over it today. That we would stand amazed, Christ, at your power, at your authority, at your compassion, your goodness, and your mercy. God, you are a good God. You are faithful and you supply all of our needs. So, Father, I pray today that you would help me to unpack the text, that your word would go forth, that, God, you would speak and you would minister to the hearts of your people and you would transform the hearts of your people today. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. I ask you again this morning, are you satisfied in Christ alone? look back with me at verse 30 it says that the apostles returned after they had been sent out two by two they had been casting out demons they had been healing the sick and you can go back to mark chapter 6 uh, 7 through 13 we've already looked at that particular passage but they were excited they had seen the mighty hand of god not only seeing jesus at work but now experiencing god At work through them and so they come back to Jesus to basically give a report I'm sure there was much excitement in the air and maybe there were some trials and troubles that they had run into and they wanted to talk with Jesus Uh, one of the things that you should see in this passage is how important it is for us to simply spend time with Jesus and that's what the disciples are doing here So now in verse 31, it says that Jesus takes them away to a desolate place to rest. Now, according to Luke chapter 9, verse 10, remember I told you that this particular miracle was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We don't have time to read all four of the accounts this morning, uh, but you can go back and do that. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 10, it tells us that the place that they were withdrawing to was Bethsaida which was the northeast side of Galilee. Another thing to understand from this text, when it says desolate, it doesn't mean necessarily a desert. Because when you go to verse 39, it, it tells us that there was green grass where the people were going to sit down. But it would have been like a, a lonely place, a pretty much an uninhabited place. Pastor Jim, it made me think about around Lake Okeechobee, There's probably some small towns or places where you can kind of pull off right off the lake and it would pretty much be uninhabited except maybe some gators uh, that are around because you always have to watch out for them. My mom always thinks that uh, the the gators are going to get our kids uh, living here in Florida. So we're always mindful of them. Verse 31 goes on to say, That many were coming and going and they had no leisure or time to even eat I want you to think about that the disciples and Jesus were so busy ministering to the needs and the hurts and the sufferings of the people and investing the word investing the gospel that they were so busy that they really didn't even have time to sit down and eat to have a snack for themselves. And so, therefore, in verse 32, it says, They went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So, Jesus is like, Hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go away to Bethsaida. Let's try to get away from all of the crowds and let's take some time to be together. The first truth I want you to see this morning, if you like to take notes, is ministry is hard, and rest is a good gift of God's grace. Ministry is hard, and rest is a good gift of God's grace. I want you to think about that for a moment. God, in his amazing design, he created the world in how many days? In six, six days. We could go back to the book of Genesis. And what did God do on the seventh day? he rested now that doesn't mean that god went to sleep or that he was tired but it does mean he ceased to create on the seventh day and he was modeling that for us and in god's design think about we have our days and we have our weeks and god is telling us that there should be a day set aside for rest and we know as we come to the new testament the sabbath is known as the lord's day of Sunday the day of the resurrection the day to really focus in on Christ hence where are we at this morning on this beautiful piece of property of this beautiful day and I hope in some way shape or form you are resting in the Lord today amen that you're ready to feast upon Christ that you're ready to be satisfied in Christ and his word and and so for these disciples Ministry had been super hard as I had as I've already mentioned and Jesus was taking them aside to rest Hear me say this morning because the Bible says this guys It's okay to rest Every night Hopefully most of the time. What do we do? You lay down in your bed and you go to sleep and That's a good thing. Why? It's the way God designed it. We need rest. Now, another detail from Matthew 14, 13 is that Jesus and the disciples, in this midst of trying to get away, they had just heard about the death of John the Baptist. Remember that? The last time that I preached of how John the Baptist was just terribly, wickedly beheaded by the evil King Herod at his birthday party, and they had asked for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And John the Baptist was a friend of Jesus, he was a friend of these disciples. And so, don't miss that in the midst of this getting away. Not only were they tired from all of the ministry that was happening, but their hearts would have been heavy, they would have been grieving, they would have been mourning. And if you're here this morning and you've lost someone that was close to you you can understand in some way how they felt it was hard it was a struggle and think about the reality that if John the Baptist was a follower of God and he was standing for what was right and he lost his life for being a follower of the gospel I'm sure that was also weighing heavy on the minds of the disciples so in verse 33 it goes on to say that many saw them going and they recognized them so they saw them getting in the boat and they may have overheard where they were going to be heading and so they recognized Jesus and the Apostles and the crowds they were not going to be denied it says they ran there on foot from all the towns and they got there ahead of them so think about that they wanted to be with Jesus and these disciples so much that they're running alongside of the the Sea of Galilee running ahead so that when Jesus and the disciples arrived there on boat on the boat guess who is waiting for them verse 34 goes on to say when he went ashore he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things so Jesus and the disciples they go ashore and it says that Jesus had compassion on them and I want you to see this morning even though We'll see through this passage, many of these people were not there simply to worship Jesus, to enjoy Christ. They were there for the show, for the popularity, or they wanted to be healed, or they had a loved one that wanted to be healed. Jesus chose to show all of them compassion. Jesus is even going to show grace and love to those that were using him for selfish reasons. Have you ever been used by somebody before? Jesus understands how you feel. Now that word compassion is an interesting word. In the Greek, it means to be moved in one's bowels. It's, it's compassion from the, the innards, from the guts. It's the deepest form of compassion that you could possibly have for another person. That's the kind of compassion that Jesus is showing here. You see, Jesus was deeply moved by the suffering, the confusion, the despair, and the spiritual lostness of the crowd the people around him. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. Hebrews chapter 4. We'll look at another description of Jesus here. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need if you don't hear anything else that i say this morning jesus loves you and he cares about you our god is a compassionate god our god is a merciful god our god is a gracious god Our God is a God who's willing to help you with whatever you're going through right now. You can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive help in your time of need. You know what the sad reality is? So many times, instead of us going to the word, and instead of us going to Jesus in prayer, we go to ourselves or we go to the things of this world to try to be satisfied, to try to find help. Can I tell you this morning, only Jesus can help you. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can rescue you. Now go back to Mark chapter 6. So we've looked at this word compassion. It says that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were vulnerable. And apart from a shepherd, and we know that Jesus is the good shepherd, they would waste away. They'd be attacked by predators. They ultimately would have no life. Now, in other Gospels, it says Jesus did heal their sick. And according to Mark, it tells us that he taught them many things. It even says that he taught all throughout the day. So i want you to think about that again jesus was tired the disciples were tired but all day long jesus taught and ministered the word and healed the sick regardless of the motives of the people that were there another truth this morning i want you to see is we are to be compassionate like Jesus even when tired and or grieving the second truth we are to be compassionate like Jesus even when tired and or grieving guys don't miss that Jesus would have been tired Jesus heart would have been heavy and if you're anything like me when you get tired or you're struggling yourself there's times can I be honest I really don't want to be around people but what does Jesus choose to do anyway he chooses to minister to these people you see it's okay to rest it's okay to have vacations and all those things but as a Christian you can never forget glorifying God by loving him and loving others supersedes everything else in our lives, even our vacation and even our rest times. Because you see, even when you're trying to rest, guess what? People are st- still hurting. People are still needy. I don't know everybody's situation here this morning, but I can guarantee you as I look around this piece of property, every single person, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here today, you're hurting in some way shape or form and when I think about Okeechobee county there are people that are hurting right around us and if we're not careful we get so caught up in ourselves we don't see the hurts and the needs and the struggles of people that are right around us and by the way it may even be the people that live under the same roof as you how many times, parents, myself included, do we not even not even see the hurts of our own kids because we're too busy? Jesus had compassion. The third truth, and before I go there, here's what John MacArthur said. Let me share this quote. It was really good. Jesus postponed his rest His privacy, his time alone with the disciples, and even his time with his father in order to meet the needs of those helpless people who suffered. That's what Jesus did. Now, the third truth this morning. Teaching is central to the ministry of Jesus. So when you look there at verse 34, the very end of it, And he began to teach them many things. And then when you look at verse 35, And when it grew late, his disciples came to him. So, Jesus taught the word of God all day long. So when we're ministering to the needs of people, yes, there's acts of kindness. Yes, there's acts of service. But never at the expense of the gospel. Of the word of God, we need to be men and women that know the word, that love the word, and that share the word with people. 2 Peter 1.3, you don't have to turn there, but it says his power or his word is sufficient for all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see, you could be striving to meet the needs of people and loving on them, but not share with them the words of life. And that would not be a good thing so as we're ministering to hurting people who is what they need the most Jesus he's the way he's the truth he's the life and so we minister to them through the word and Jesus modeled that for us now in verse 36 let's go back to verse 35 the second part there So the disciples, you know, they come to Jesus and they're like, hey, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. (laughs) Don't forget, they would have probably been super hungry at this point, too. (laughs) They were already tired. And here they are a whole nother day ministering with Jesus. And they're thinking we got thousands of people out here because, by the way, it says 5000. But when you read the account in Matthew, it also says there were women and children. So you're talking possibly twenty to 25,000 people that had gathered in this uninhabited in, in place. It was no longer Mr. Bill uninhabited. In there was lots of people there. And the disciples are like, uh, what are we going to do? We got all these people. It's getting kind of late. And so in verse 36, they go on to say, send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So the disciples, they kind of come up with a plan. There's no way we're going to be able to feed all these people. We're kind of tired. Let's just go ahead and send them away to all the different villages that are around here. And maybe we can get a good night's rest and everything will be good. And, and by the way, I have been there, felt that way of, oh, Lord, it, it would be nice just to be able to rest we're in the flesh right we struggle Uh, Ministering to people is hard and you get tired and you get weary but that leads us to our fourth truth which is Jesus calls us to trust in him Jesus calls us to trust in him look at verse 37 Jesus answers the disciples, and here's what he says You give them something to eat. I love that. It's so simple. You give them something to eat. And I'm sure their first thought was Jesus, we don't really have anything, and we're talking 25,000 people. How in the world are we going to give them something to eat? But I want you to think about what had these disciples already seen for the last two years. They had seen Jesus heal the sick, diseases, raise people from the dead, preach and teach with authority, calm the winds. I mean, they had seen Jesus work in amazing ways. And not only had they seen it, but when you go back to Mark chapter 6, Jesus had given them authority And Jesus had told them, hey, don't take anything with you, because I'm going to provide for you. But yet, here they are, this moment in time, there's this great need, and instead of looking to Jesus and simply trusting him, what do they do? They get caught up in the insurmountable circumstances that are going on around them. I want you to turn to John chapter 6. I do want us to look at one of the other accounts just briefly. John chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. So flip over there. We'll come back to Mark. John 6, 5 through 9. And here's what it says. Same, Same story. So lifting up his eyes, verse 5, then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Well, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And look at what verse 6 says. He, Jesus, said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. I mean, Jesus obviously knew what he was going to do, but he's testing his disciples. He's hoping that they will look to him through the eyes of faith. Verse 7. Philip answered him, well, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. So even if we had 200 days worth of the common man's uh, wage, six months or so of wage, that wouldn't even really be enough to buy food for everybody just to have a a little bit. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, and you got to love Andrew. He's the one who brought Peter. Uh, to Jesus. And in this case, there's just at least a little bit of faith here in verse nine. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? So Andrew's like, Hey, we did find this little boy. His mama packed him lunch. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. And by the way, when you see the, the five loaves, don't think like a whole loaf of wonder bread. So, Mr. Robert, you know, all the bread that you put out, we're not talking like a loaf of bread like that. It was really like a small roll or bun that you would use just to make a, a sandwich. And so, you know, this little boy, if his mom was the one who packed his lunch, she made sure he was going to be all right. He was going to have five little sandwiches. He had his his fish, so he had some fish sandwiches. And it's interesting that the disciples, I, I don't know how maybe they got it, Chimo, but they were like, hey, we're going to need your Five loaves and your two fish there, buddy. And so they, they take the food here from this little boy and they bring it to Jesus. We don't have all the details of how that went about. And so Jesus is going to use the lunch of this little boy. So let's go back to Mark. So in Mark, Six verses 37 through 39. You know, Jesus tells them, you give them something to eat. So we saw a little bit of that in John 6. And they said to him, shall we go buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Verse 38. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. And so that's where they had somehow met this little boy. They got the five loaves. So these little you know, bread rolls. And they've got to fish now here's where the disciples really needed to grow in faith and probably us too all they needed to do at this point is say okay Lord we know it's not much much but you're the Lord Jesus and we're gonna trust you so here it is you use it as you see fit We know that you're going to meet the need of the hour. But instead, they get caught up in how massive the need is and how limited their resources and supplies are. Do we not get that way sometimes? God, this will never happen. We just don't have the money. I don't know what to do we just throw our hands in the air and we quit and we fail to pray we fail to trust the lord for whatever the need is james edwards one of the commentaries that i was reading he said this the disciples complain about what they lack jesus focuses on what they possess let me say that again the disciples complain about what they lack jesus focuses on what they possess Or what they have It's pretty powerful John MacArthur said this We see our own lack Instead of seeing his Jesus' Sufficiency We see our own lack Instead of seeing the sufficiency of Christ We look at things through human eyes And human resources Instead of reliance On the power and the strength of Jesus Everglades Baptist Church, we're surely not the biggest church in the area, are we? But do we serve the living God, the Lord God Almighty? And God can accomplish whatever he chooses to accomplish through this little church family, however he wants to do that, amen? You know what our responsibility is? To trust and obey A.W. Tozer said it this way, God is looking for those with whom he can do the impossible. And what a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. God is looking for those with whom he can do the impossible. And what a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. You know what Jesus is saying here to sum it up? Put the cookies on the lower shelf, so to speak. Kids, this is all Jesus is saying. Bring me what you got, and trust me with it. Bring me what you got, and trust me with it. Let's go to the fifth truth this morning. Jesus chooses to work through our limited resources. Jesus chooses to work through. Our limited resources. Guys, Jesus is the God man. He's the Son of God. He could have fed this crowd any way he so chose. He could have rained manna down from heaven, like we see in the Old Testament, of how God fed the Israelites, right? He could have created a big piece of bread and as many fish as he wanted, as was needed. But Jesus chooses, don't miss this, to work through his disciples and through the limited resources that they have. That's awesome. Jesus works through his people to accomplish his plans. When the Bible says to go and make disciples of all nations, Pastor Jim, that means we are to go. Okay, there's no plan B, C, or D. God has called us as Christ followers, saved by his grace, to go to the ends of the earth to take the gospel. That's his plan. That's his way. Look at verses 39 and 40. It goes on, Jesus, he commands them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. There's something else we learn about our God in this. Our God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. It's interesting that he has them set down in groups. And so the disciples could walk through and be able to serve what God was about to provide. That's important. So then look at verse 31, I mean, excuse me, 41. How Jesus is gonna work through these limited resources. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looks up to the heavens. So he's looking up to the heavenly Father, and he says a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. Now when it says that he said a blessing, that means to ask God to bestow divine favor upon now, we don't have all the details of how this went down of the distribution. I can just imagine in my own mind, they start going out with the little bit that Jesus had given them, and it just, they give it out, and then there's more, and they give it out, and there's more, and there's more, and it just never runs out. I mean, I'm sure the disciples had to be thinking, uh, okay, we're about to walk out here, we're going to be absolute fools. 25,000 people, and we got five loaves and two fish. I mean, we don't know. We don't, again, we don't have all the details of what was going through their mind, but Jesus provides for the need of the hour through the limited resources that were there. And another truth this morning, just real quick, truth six, Jesus models for us the importance of prayer and giving thanks. So don't miss that. Jesus took the time to pray. Because he wanted everybody there to know that this was a work of God. And God was going to get all the glory, all the honor. And so no matter what we may do as a church, or when you think about yourself as an individual Christian or as your family, prayer should be foundational to all that we do for God to get all the glory. Just think about that, guys. Jesus uses a little boy's lunch. Five little buns, rolls, and two fish to feed twenty to 25,000 people. Only our God can do that. Amen? I mean, I know we've heard this story so many times, but I hope that excites your heart that no matter what you may be going through or what we may face as a church, our God is good, our God is faithful, and he takes care of his people. He always provides. And finally, truth number seven Jesus brings satisfaction and contentment. Jesus brings satisfaction and contentment. Look at verse 42. And they all ate and were satisfied. There wasn't a single person that day, believer, unbeliever, that didn't eat. And physically were satisfied in God's common grace that crowd ate the best meal of their life this was like Miss Abon's cooking this was good stuff in the Greek it meant that they ate their fill or or as much as each person wanted and actually miss Abon even though your cooking is really really good it would have been even better because this was like in some sense guys this was like heavenly food I mean, Jesus taking these five loaves and two fish and miraculously multiplying them, satisfying them with this amazing meal. It's pretty awesome. Verse 42 is so short, but so powerful. They all ate and they were satisfied. Our God is a God who satisfies. And then look at verse 43. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces, and they ate and of the fish. Excuse me. 12 baskets. How many apostles were there? There were 12. Pretty cool, Pastor Doug. Each disciple, if they so wanted, would have had their own basket of food left over. So here they are, considering the needs of others. They're serving, and Jesus makes sure they have plenty of food too. Jesus took care of the disciples. So what's the takeaway? What's the purpose of this miracle? I want you to go to John 6:14. John 6:14. I want you to see what was the main purpose of this miracle. It wasn't just to feed their bellies. Even though he did meet the need of the hour, look at verse 14 of john 6 when the people saw the sign that he had done they said this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world you see jesus is the prophet jesus is the priest jesus is the king He's the Messiah. He's the Rescuer. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. He's the God-Man. He's the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God who came to save His people from their sins. And that was the point of the miracle, is for every man, woman, boy, and girl that day to see Jesus for who He truly was. And that they would repent, they would admit their sin, they would turn their sin, and they would put their faith and trust in Christ alone to save them as the bread of life as you prayed earlier pastor jim that satisfies our soul this was so much more than physical bread this was about them coming to christ repenting and being rescued being saved of giving of jesus giving them eternal life but sadly look at verse 15 of john 6 Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Most of them missed it that day, guys. They got caught in the temporary. And they wanted Jesus to be this earthly king, to feed their bellies, to heal their sick, and to overthrow the Romans, and to establish this kingdom in the here and now. But that's not what Isaiah 53 tells us, is it, Pastor Jim? We preached on last week. Jesus came to be the suffering servant, to be crushed for our iniquities, to suffer the wrath of God for our sin, to pay the penalty for our sin, so that we could be saved, so that we could be made right with the Holy God by trusting in Christ alone. Jim, as you said, for the righteousness of Christ to be imputed Or credited to our account as our sin is placed on him and the sin debt is paid and then the perfect righteousness of Christ is then credited to our account if you trust in Christ alone I want to wrap up this morning we don't have time to read all of John 6 but I would encourage you to do that on your own you know what happens the next day the crowds come back and you know what they want Jesus to do feed their bellies they're there for the handout they're there for the good food and you know what that's what a lot of christianity is today isn't it the health and wealth prosperity gospel jesus we just really want what you're going to do for us we don't really care about who you are jesus you just need to meet my needs and i want you to look at john 6 52 through 58 Jesus responds to all this. You'd have to read the whole chapter for the context. But look at John 6, 52 through 58. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds... Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Jesus was telling them this wasn't about physical food or physical bread. This was about feasting on Christ. So he's talking spiritually here. You need to come to me. You need to be satisfied in me. He's talking about the crucifixion, guys. His body was about to be broken for the sin of his people. He was about to shed his precious blood. And if you want to be saved this morning you got to look to Christ. you got to believe in the gospel. you got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. you got to believe that three days later he resurrected from the dead. You've got to believe that Jesus is coming back. And he will rule as the coming king of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is about the cross. That's what Jesus was teaching them. But look at verses 66 through 69. This is the sad reality. You see, they didn't get the handout that they wanted. So verse 66, after this, look at what it says. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. They didn't get what they wanted, so they walked away. Think about your heart this morning. Why are you here? Is it to worship Christ? bow down to christ to surrender all to christ or are we here for the handout but then let's end with some good news verse 67 jesus said to the 12 do you want to go away as well but look at what peter says this is awesome peter answers lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the holy one of god You want to go to heaven to be with Christ? Jesus has the words of eternal life. Turn from your sin. Trust in Christ alone. Confess Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. You are the good shepherd. You're the good Savior. You are the bread of life. You're the water of life. You're the only one that can satisfy every need in our souls. And most importantly, Jesus, you're the only one that can rescue us from our sin. As Pastor Jim has preached faithfully, we've sinned God against you. We deserve your wrath and your judgment. But Christ, you take the place of your people. and You satisfy the wrath of that we all deserve and we thank you for that father i pray first and foremost for any hearts that are still dead in sin that today would be the day of salvation that they would look to christ and live and then father i pray for us as believers help us to trust you jesus moment by moment you supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches Christ in you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, let's all stand and let's worship our Lord together with our final song.